You're listening to Mind Labs, an open platform for artists. For more information, visit www.mindlabs.co.uk. Having a wealth of home entertainment options at your fingertips has become so ingrained within our day-to-day lives that for many people it's hard to imagine a world without it. But try to think about a time when you couldn't just log in, check your emails via a phone in your pocket or turn on the TV and watch Dave Plus One for a few hours. A world where there weren't any radio stations, there was no recorded music and very few, if any, newspapers. You had to make your own entertainment If people wanted to listen to Mind Labs in the comfort of their own homes, I'd have to go around to each individual person and endlessly repeat what I'm saying right now, which would admittedly make my voice a little croaky and my legs a little sore. But by the mid-19th century, along came a series of inventions that would change the world forever, and that's what we're going to look at and listen today. This is The First Days of Noise. You might not have realised it, but you've just heard the first ever recorded sound. The first time people were able to reproduce the noise of the world around them and capture it in a single defining instance. Amazingly, that recording was made in 1860, over 150 years ago. It's a time frame which boggles the mind. We're touching history in a way that is hard to comprehend. Yes, we have plenty of photographs, books and descriptions of that time period. But there is something about the recording of a real actual sound that can bring a moment to life. That was somebody's voice, somebody who was born two centuries ago. And that's what we're going to do over the next 25 minutes. We're going to play voices and sounds from the mid to late 1800s, a time when sound recording was in its infancy. That first recording you've just heard, in every sense of the word, was by Edward Leon Scott de Martinville and is now recognised as the first recording of the human voice. It was recorded using a device known as a phonoautogram. Nobody is entirely sure if it is a man or a woman we hear, it could even be Scott himself. The system worked by transcribing sound waves on smoke blackened paper or glass. It did this using nothing more than a simple paper diaphragm and stylus. There was one problem though, they had no way of playing back these recordings. The sole purpose of them was to study the waves and the patterns of the sound made on the paper. It was only later, much later in 2008, that somebody was able to create the software that could decode these blackened pieces of paper. So there we go, the first ever sound recording, a happy accident. Here are a few more recordings made during the same period using the same equipment. The first one featuring the opening lines from Amanita and the second a lively rendition of the song Fly Little Bee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Things went a little quiet, pun intended, for a while, until a little fellow called Thomas Alva Edison came along. Edison, born in Ohio, 1847, is someone you might have heard of, seeing as he is perhaps the most famous inventor of all time. In 1877, his invention of the phonograph, or talking machine, as it was often called at the time, used tin foil wrapped around a hand-cranked cylinder. The stylus made grooves in the tin foil, which could be played back by reversing the process. However, tin foil was a poor material to record on, and would last only a certain number of times before it was unlistenable. In our modern world, a very similar process happens when you listen to a single by a winner of the X Factor. Sadly, because of their fragile nature, none of these tinfoil recordings still exist today, including the very first Edison recording, which was himself reading Mary Had a Little Lamb. However, a commemorative reenactment was recorded by Edison in 1927. The uh, first words I spoke in the... The original phonograph, a little piece of practical poetry. Mary had a little lamb, its fleet was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. The next advancement in sound recording would come from the UK, when Alexander Graham Bell and his associates made improvements to the Edison design including the addition of wax cylinders which proved much more practical and could be replayed many more times than the tinfoil alternative. By 1886 they had perfected their system which they called the gramophone. This allowed better storage of the recordings and so thanks to this we now arrive at the earliest reproducible surviving sound recording created on June 29, 1888 at Crystal Palace featuring an excerpt from Handel's Israel in Egypt. A note on the cylinder says a chorus of 4,000 voices recorded with a phonograph at over 100 yards away. As with most of these early recordings it might not be the greatest sound reproduction but when you consider its history it's staggering. Because of the durability of wax cylinders from this time, 
There is a much greater range of recordings available, including this, the first talking doll made by Edison in 1890. Guaranteed to give your children nightmares or your money back. There are also some amazing historical figures who were recorded on the early days of wax cylinders. Because as ever, if you can get a celebrity to promote your product, it's bound to do well. We'll start with Lojo's Koshot, the Hungarian patriot and leader of the 1848 revolution. The reason this is interesting is it seems to be the earliest born person whose voice can still be heard. You're listening to somebody who was born in 1802. That's almost three centuries ago. It was recorded in 1890 and was intended to address the nation during the Festival of Reconciliation. In case you don't speak Hungarian, although I'm not sure why you wouldn't, here's Graham, one of our Mind Lab performers, to give you a translation. It's certainly stirring stuff. This question will be answered by the judge of world history. Let the sacred martyrs in their mortal remains be blessed. Let them in their spirit be blessed with the best knowledge of the fatherland's God of liberty through eternity. October 6th will find me, who is unable to throw myself down in the dust of the Hungarian Gorgas, on my knees in the hermit's abode of my homelessness, stretching my aged arms towards the country that has cast me out, blessing the memory of the sacred martyrs with a fervent sentiments of gratitude, their faithfulness to the homeland, and the sublime example they gave to those who came after, and asking the god of the Magyars, with the ardent prayer to make victorious the appeal that searches the very marrow of the bone and sounds the lips of the Hungarian to the Hungarian nation. So be it. Amen. Next we have an even more amazing historical figure, Florence Nightingale, also recorded in 1890. 
In case you couldn't quite hear that, at one point she says, When I am no longer even a memory, just a name, I hope my voice may perpetuate the great work of my life. That's an amazing sentiment and features tremendous foresight into what the modern mass media would become. What you leave behind and what you say can define who you were as a person, for better or worse. Next up we have Alfred Lord Tennyson reading his own 1854 poem, the charge of the light brigade. Within a few years, the phonograph had moved from an invention in Edison's lab to an entertainment device which had been sold by the hundreds and was soon on its way to becoming a standard fixture in most homes. Granted, the rise of the home entertainment system was still over a century away, but right here is where it all started. And this next recording, The Lover's Quarrel, recorded by Will White in 1891, demonstrates how the future will sound.
We've just about come to the end of the show. We hope you've enjoyed these little windows into the history of early sound recording. Often these rare first days of noise don't get enough airplay on the radio, so we hope we've helped balance out that equation a little. This has been Mind Labs, being played to you on the home of imagination, Cornucopia Broadcasting. And we'll leave you with this wax cylinder from 1908, created as a promotional tool for the Edison phonograph. Of course, not that it needed any extra promotion. After all, it spoke for itself. I am the Edison Phonograph, created by the great wizard of the new world to delight those who would ask melody or be amused. I can sing you tender songs of love. I can give you merry tales and joyous laughter. I can transport you to the realms of music. I can cause you to join in the rhythmic dance. I can lull the babes to sweet repose, or waken in the aged heart soft memories of youthful days. No matter what may be your mood, I am always ready to entertain you. When your day's work is done, I can bring the theater or the opera to your home. I can give you grand opera, comic opera, or vaudeville. I can give you sacred or popular music, dance, orchestra, or instrumental music. I can render solos, duets, I can aid in entertaining your guests. When your wife is worried after the cares of the day and the children are boisterous, I can rest the one and quiet the other. I never get tired, and you will never tire of me, for I always have something new to offer. I give pleasure to all, young and old. I will go wherever you want me, in the parlor, in the sick room, on the porch, in the camp, or to your summer home. If you sing or talk to me, I will retain your songs or words and repeat them to you at your pleasure. I can enable you to always hear the voices of your loved ones, even though they are far away. I talk in every language. I can help you to learn other languages. I am made with the highest degree of mechanical skill. My voice is the clearest, smoothest, and most natural of any talking machine. The name of my famous master is on my body and tells you that I am a genuine Edison photograph. The more you become acquainted with me, the better you will like me. Ask the dealer.